You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues faced by women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's world. Glad the rats at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's world. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Frida's World. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week so far. It is Wednesday, it is hump day, and we are almost to the weekend. However, you know, I was thinking about this over this past weekend, and I feel like the weeks and the weekends are really just running into each other. Like, I don't feel that there is a break of activity. And I don't know if that's just me, but Friday was just the other day. Why is it Wednesday already? I don't understand. So I really feel like I'm not really getting a weekend. Like, there's, I'm not really getting any type of, like, rest. The weekend is supposed to be a time where I can like stop, do some fun things, maybe hang out with some friends or just stay home and be a couch potato and watch Netflix and then go back to work on Monday feeling refreshed that I had a couple of days off. But it's not really feeling that way. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm actually not doing any of the things that I just mentioned. The weekends are for me to kind of work on everything else that I can't work on during the week. So maybe... I don't know if it's just me. I, I need you guys to kind of weigh in on this. Am I the only one that feels like the weeks and the weekends are like merging and that there is no break? I don't know. But I thought about it this weekend and I was just like, something has to be done. I can't feel like I'm on the go every single day. Like there has to be, I need, maybe, and I'll probably talk about this on a future episode, or maybe I already talked about it. I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm not taking my own, my own advice. <laughs> But I feel like I need to do something where I clearly set some time apart where I'm like Sundays from the hours of 10 a.m. to, I don't know, 1 p.m. Rita, you are going to be watching Netflix or just laying on the couch. I don't know, because I'm starting to feel like I'm just the Energizer bunny and I'm not stopping. And we all know what happens when you keep going and you don't stop. You burn out. You burn out. You get super fatigued and you start to like go crazy and we're not doing that in 2019 but either way um before I go into the meat of the show I do want to remind you all who are listening that Frida Women NYC has a very special event happening tomorrow March 21st Thursday at BK9 Restaurant in Brooklyn, New York. So 62 Fifth Avenue, BK9 Restaurant. We are having a open mic night entitled Release Your Inner Creative. And I think I might have talked about this event at least one other time. But this event is created with the professional working person in mind. So many of us are creatives. I mean... Some of us used to draw. Some of us used to recite poetry, write poetry, write songs, rap, do stand-up comedy. Um, we used to do a lot of these different things. But as we've gotten older, as we've obtained families and have went, you know, moved up in our um, in our respective careers and industries, our creativity it was kind of or is kind of left to the back burner because in our minds it's like we don't have who has time to sit down and 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 write a poem 
and spend time with themselves and really, you know, nobody's really thinking that they have time to do such things. But as I've always said, and I will keep saying, I believe that our creative selves are our true selves. It's like our form of self-expression. I mean, if you're thinking about it, you're sitting down, you're writing down a poem, you're being reflective, you're tapping into different emotions and experiences. And I feel like that's very healthy for us to do, especially those of us who are always on the go and, you know, never have a time to stop and think about anything. We do not stop and smell roses. In fact, we walked past the roses. We don't even see that there were roses, you know, on our route. And we have to do a better job of being present and being in tune with our true selves. Because I think that that's the only way that we'll truly advance in life. And you're going you're gonna to see that taking time to tap into your creative self will essentially allow you to be more creative at your job. I think that it all works together. Like it's not like, you know, only left brain, right brain type thing and they're separate. I think that it will all come together. So either way, um, tomorrow night we're going to have this event. It's an open mic event for amateurs, guys. This is not night at the, well, not at the Apollo, I guess it's for amateurs too, but this is not deaf poetry jam. This is not, you know, um, who wants to, I don't know, American Idol or whatever's going on. It's not a competition, but it's just a place for a space for us professionals to tap into our creative side, to share. Maybe you didn't know that your coworker was a songstress, you know, just a time for us to mingle network as we're going to be talking about networking today um, and really just let loose. So, guys, please, 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 please RSVP at www.fw openmic1.eventbrite.com and tell a friend to tell a friend and bring your people and let's have a really good time. If you have any questions or or want any answers, I guess, <laughs> with regards to tomorrow, you could send me an email at Frida's World, F-R-E-E-D-A-S World, W-O-R-L-D at gmail.com. So as I stated today, we are going to briefly talk about networking. And I think I've talked about networking maybe once or twice um, on Frida's World. But, you know, it's something that's really important. As we are entering spring, March 21st, depending on what chart you follow, is the official mark of spring. And so many of us, we believe that January 1st is the, you know, is the mark of a new era, a new life for us, new year, new me. But if we really think about it, I think spring might actually be that marker of like rejuvenation and rebirth. I mean, that's when the caterpillars turn into, um, you know, butterflies, right? That's when the whole metamorphosis thing happens. And so a lot of us, we might have started the year thinking, okay, we want to, you know, get a new job. We want to... Um, be better. We want to, you know, be part of more or be more civically engaged. We want to network more. We want to just, we want to get out of whatever it is that we're in. Some of us don't even know what rut we're in, but we're just uncomfortable, right? And that's actually a good thing. It's good to be uncomfortable because then it'll cause you to shift and it'll cause you to move and to strive to a place where you are comfortable. 
And so January, I think, is when everybody has in, the, in their mind, new year, new me. But I truly believe that it is the springtime where people really start to move and shake and really start to figure out how do I expand my territory? How do I move up in my career? How do I move out of this job and into a new one? And it's just like the saying goes, you know, it was spring cleaning, right? You're throwing away clutter, you're reevaluating, you're reassessing your closet. What do you need? What don't you need to make room for new stuff or to live a less cluttered life? Um, and I, I analogize that with, um, with, you know, with your life in terms of career, right? And in terms of new moves, you're, you're, doing an assessment at this time of, you know, what's, what's really going on with this job of mine? Do I really feel like I'm wanted or do I really feel like I'm being challenged here? Do I really feel like this is the area for me? Am I over it? You know, I've been here for two years, three years. I'm doing an assessment. I feel like it's time for me to jump ship because I don't want to be pigeonholed. So you're doing all this, you know, self-analysis or career analysis at this time. And but the question is for most people and for myself, as I am currently talking to you, is how the hell do I do this? Like, I know I need a new job or I know I need a new opportunity because this one it's just not it. I'm uncomfortable. I'm not happy. I'm unsettled where I am. Sure, I get paid good money, but it's just not me. So what do you do? How do you, how do you take a step forward? Well, networking is one of those things that can help catapult you to the next level. And the thing with networking is, is that that term means has so many different meanings for so many different people, right? And most of us are used to the traditional form of networking where you go to a networking event and you bring your business card and you believe that the goal of the night is to acquire as many business cards as possible, speak to as many people as possible, and um, make as much small talk as you can. And that's not really how to effectively network because if I mean it might work for some people but I think the majority of you guys can raise your hands one time and say that mm, that type of networking has not worked for me so in August of 2018 Free to Women NYC had its one year anniversary we were celebrating it um, but I don't tend to like to have just parties I like to you know I like my gatherings to have a purpose. And so we actually called the event the art of networking. And so I had a panel discussion of different people from different industries um, to talk about networking and effective ways to network. And maybe some of the some of the pitfalls that we've all um I guess, experience in, in our networking. And so today I just want to talk about a couple of things that I have found effective um, in this whole networking world. And hopefully you guys will be able to get something out of it and implement some of these um, tactics and hopefully get you guys a new job or a new opportunity somewhere, etc. So like I said, most of us are used to networking in the, in this, I guess, the normal traditional sense. Go to a networking event, get some cards and whatnot. I don't know about you guys, but every time I go and I and I collect cards, the cards go in a drawer. I actually have a drawer that's designated for business cards. And there, uh, there's like, I don't know, 
there's not a hundred, but it feels like there's a hundred. It looks like there's about a hundred business cards in this drawer. And if I could tell you, if I remember who these people were that gave me their cards or why I even took their cards, I would be lying to you. And so pretty much I have a drawer of like jewels, maybe, but I don't even remember when I collected this card. And so that's not really effective because you know what? That individual who gave you their card and you have and you just have it in a drawer, they probably don't remember you either. So <laughs> reaching out at this point, I don't even know what event I picked up this card in what to even tell this person to email them. Like, I don't even know. So step one or number one is when you're going to a networking event, the goal should not be collecting as much cards as possible and making small talk with everyone. Most of these networking events are not a 20, they're not 24 hour events. They're not 10 hour events, nor are they six hour events. They're usually between an hour to three hours tops, tops three hours. And that's even stretching it, which means you have a limited time to really work the room and to meet people. So one thing that I learned from like, you know, a previous talk was with certain networking events, if you can do some preliminary investigative work, definitely do so. I mean, what I'm learning is that everything requires some sort of research, right? Everything requires research. You have to put work into everything everything nowadays. And so even networking events, it's not about just showing up and saying, hey, what's up, getting a drink and collecting a card. Sometimes you have to put in some preliminary effort. What kind of networking event is this? That's number one. Is it even a networking event where people in my industry will be? Because if you're somebody who does not have that much time, you might want to evaluate, you know, how, you know, what events you're actually going to. So doing that research, who's going to be at this event? You know, are there certain companies that are going to be featured or showcased? Um, You know, like who's showing up at this event? Do we do we have a list of names of people who are actually going to be at this event? Is it going to be something where there's going to be a talk? So you want to maybe get the name of who is the speaker? What company do they work at? Because maybe there'll be employees or staff or whatever from that company here to support or here to help run the event. And if you have that information, a quick Google search is not going to kill you, right? A quick LinkedIn search on some of these individuals might not kill you because that gives you some sort of like, I don't know, I don't want to say leverage, but you have some sort of information. You're armed with some information to go into that networking event. So when you see this individual that might be of interest for you, you will already have some sort of like background and that can kind of help shape the conversation that you will hopefully at some point in the night have with this individual, right? Um, So that's one, just being prepared and doing some preliminary research when going to these networking events just to maximize your time because you will not be able to speak with everyone the way you want to speak with them. You might be able to say, hi, can I get a business card? But in terms of really having a conversation or even if it's a one minute conversation with somebody to give your elevator pitch, which we'll go into, I guess, next, um, you want to be able to, to just be prepared. So along the same vein as, as being prepared, elevator pitches. A lot of us hear this all the time and we're like, oh, okay, you know, we think we have our elevator pitch together. And the elevator pitch is really like a 30 second spiel of either who you are or what it is that you're trying to, you know, what you're trying to really convey. 
if you're a salesperson and you are, are, you know, this is an event where you're here to like, you know, try to like get business. You want to make sure that your elevator pitch has all of the essential components so that when you speak, you approach me in 30, because I probably only have 30 seconds to speak to you. Um, I'll already, I'll get the essence of what it is that you, who you are and what it is that you're either selling or what is it you're trying to convey. A lot of times when we meet people for the first time, we're just kind of like, I don't know, we're just, we're stumbling on our words. Hi, my name is Rita Pierre. Um, I'm an attorney. I work for this location. I really want to do this. I really want to do that. Like you're all over the place. You don't even know really what to say. And then sometimes what happens is you actually keep out (laughs) the important information. Like, it's like, wait, I didn't tell them I did labor law. That would have been something important to say. Or I didn't tell them that I am a founder of an an organization or a company like crap. I missed my opportunity. And that's going to happen if you don't prepare and practice your elevator pitch. And we'll probably have a show later on or episode later on where I bring, you know, one of these um, uh, experts, career experts slash elevator pitch experts to kind of talk about, you know, what's necessary in an elevator pitch, why it's important um, and whatnot. But I think in terms of today, for today's purposes, I always tell people Google is at everyone's disposal. The internet is for everyone. If you don't know what an elevator pitch is, do a quick Google search and at least get a general idea. But having prepared like a mini statement, that's what I call the elevator pitch for me. It's like a mini, your, your 30 second resume of who you are that you need to have that prepared. You need to have that ready. You need to practice in front of a mirror even as to how you're going to deliver this elevator pitch. Um, but having that ready, especially if you're networking for a purpose, which I think we all should be networking for a purpose. Um, whether it be to gain friends or to or to get a new job or to join an organization, whatever it is, I think our our networking initiatives, like I feel like it should always be for a purpose. And so with that being said, having an elevator pitch, preparing your spiel when you're meeting people um, that you're trying to at some point get something out of, it's important to have that rehearsed. I mean, not to sound... Uh, like a machine, you want it. You want it to be organic, but that's where the rehearsal comes in. You rehearse what you're going to say to the point where it becomes so second nature to you that when you meet that person, you're not like deer in the headlights. Like, oh crap, elevator pitch. What did I say that I need to say again? It just becomes so natural to you that it's like, yeah, I'm Rita. I'm an attorney. I'm a labor attorney here in New York City, and I went to X and Y school, and this is what I'm, you know, currently doing. But I hope to move into this. You know, it's really important that you do that when networking. Okay. Now, the other thing about networking is that many of you and at one point myself, felt like networking only happened at networking events. So if the title of the event did not say networking, we didn't take that as an opportunity to network. But networking can be done anywhere. You can network at the gym. You can network, you know, at one of your committee meetings. You can network at a Starbucks. Networking opportunities are all over the place. It's really just you connecting with another individual in you know, exchanging information to hopefully at some point, you know, 
get something out of it. I know it sounds like, you know, I don't know, selfish or it sounds a little harsh and you're like, oh, you got to get something out of it. But that's what exchanges are for. That's why we engage with each other. Even in friendships, I engage with other people. I become friends with other people because I enjoy companionship. I enjoy having people that I can either rely on and that can rely on me. I enjoy this mutual exchange of energy. I'm getting something out of the friendship. I'm getting something out of my relationships. I'm getting something out of being the owner of a cat. I get affection from the cat. You see what I'm you see where I'm going with this? So Thinking about networking like as something that, listen, I am going to at some point get something out of this exchange. There's nothing wrong with that. I feel like I've been hearing a lot of rhetoric, a lot of discussions about people saying it's not all about you. It's not all about you. It is all about you. <laughs> it really is. But it's the way you come, I guess you approach it. You don't want it to look like all you're trying to do is get a job. You have to be able to massage it in a way where you're not coming off like that. Like nobody wants to deal with somebody who's just in it for themselves. But in reality, you are in it for yourself because you're looking for a hookup somewhere down the line. It might not be today, but somewhere down the line, you're looking for some sort of opportunity. So that's why you're networking. But networking opportunities can be can be obtained anywhere. It's just, you just have to be open to it. I mean, you have to be open and you have to go out. So a couple of things come to mind. I go to, I have joined a gym where they do group classes, right? So it's group boot camp classes. And these are people like, I didn't, I didn't sign up with these people. I don't know who the hell they are, to be very honest. It's just a group of individuals who every week I end up doing boot camp exercises with. But these individuals look like they call from, come from all walks of life and come from different industries because I'll hear them talking in the locker room about their different opportunities and different jobs. So I know that I'm amongst people that one day might be beneficial to me. And so obviously the first day of this gym class, I see all these new people. I'm not sitting here salivating at the mouth talking about, ooh, opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. No, I'm there primarily to go to the gym. But secondary, at some point I am going to have conversations with these individuals because we literally exercise every week together and as time goes on and we keep seeing each other and the highs become hey how are you to becoming you know you know what do you do by the way over time you start building this rapport and then at some point you're gonna say hey maybe we can grab coffee sometime maybe we can grab lunch sometime what you know where do you work do you work in the area these conversations take place. Those are networking opportunities right there at the gym. Networking opportunities are not some are not things that occur like, okay, I meet you today. Let's meet tomorrow to have a drink and solidify this. No. Sometimes you got to build to the actual opportunity or maybe that doesn't sound quite accurate, but the opportunity is there, but you have to build, I guess, to whatever the end result is going to be. You're not going to go to the gym on day one and start asking people for business cards or their LinkedIn profiles, but you just start building a rapport with these individuals. And at some point the work is, it's going to do itself. It's going to, the work is going to complete itself. Is that, is that the saying you guys know? I keep saying I was raised by immigrants. So sometimes the sayings don't come out properly, but you get the point. 
what of what I'm trying to say. Over time, th- these connections, these initial connections will grow into relationships. And these will be genuine opportunities because they, after like 10 weeks, it's like, hey, Rita, what's up? You know, hey, I'm having an event next week. You know, I think you would be great, you know, if you can show up, you know, in whatever it is. Or, hey, I heard that you were in marketing or you told me that you were in marketing a couple of weeks ago. And I actually have a couple of marketing questions. You know, do you have time to maybe, you know, get coffee or something? Or maybe let's go get a smoothie after class and maybe I could pick your brain about a couple of things. That's an easier sell than... Day one, you overhear them in the locker room marketing. Hey, I know you don't know me. It's the first time we're in this class, but can I pick your brain? No, that's, that's, that's obnoxious. It's obnoxious. But I say all that to say this. The gym can be a perfect opportunity, especially if you do group classes. But there are other things that you can do. You know, some of you have hobbies. You have interests. Join some of these meetup groups. Just be, do, like, my thing is stop, just stop going to events that just say networking. There are other ways to network, meetup groups. Maybe there's a love for Shakespeare. Some people are in love with Shakespearean plays and there are meetup groups for everything. Hang out at some of these Shakespearean play meetup groups or whatever it is. Meet some of the people, engage in genuine conversation. And through conversation, the equal two-way street engagement of the conversation, um, you'll start to learn things about people. It's like, oh, you're a lawyer too? What industry? Oh, you have your own firm, you say, or you're a partner at a firm, you say, oh, that's great. Put that in the back of your mind because the next couple of interactions, you're going to find a way to slip that in. You see what I'm talking about? You got to find subtle ways sometimes to achieve what it is that you want to achieve. Because if you think about it, a lot of these individuals that you want to network at with are not, they, they don't need to network. So you're not going to find them all the time at a networking event unless their job is sponsoring it. But a lot of these CEOs and heads of companies or, you know, the right person that you really need to meet to get in, they're going to Broadway plays. They're going, they're on the golf course. They're, they're, they're on the golf course they're ice skating, they're bowling, they're at a comedy show. These individuals are out there probably doing other things. They don't need to network. So they're not always going to be at a networking event, but they will be at the gym. They will be taking a spin class. They will be taking a cooking class somewhere else. You see what I'm saying? So when we're talking about networking, we need to expand um, expand the reach. We need to think outside of the box because if we keep going the same traditional route, we're really not going to get anywhere. And so I know I went on a whole spiel about, um, you know, I guess the buildup, right? So let's go back to the traditional networking event. Let's say you do go to a traditional networking event because we do at some point have to go to at least one or two of these things at some point in the year, right? It just happens. You see an individual, you connect with that individual, you, you get their card, you, you know, you enjoy, you engage in an, in an actual conversation, meaning you're not just telling them about you and what you do and what you want. You're actually asking them, Hey, you know, how long have you been at your company? You know, um, what's the culture like there? 
What do you do for fun? You know, actually have a real conversation with them because you're not trying to signal to them that you want something. It's too early for that. So once you get that person's contact information, I think what a lot of us suffer from, myself included, is the follow-up. We don't follow up. We grab the card, we throw it in our drawer, and that's that. We don't follow up. And it's it's bizarre, right? It is bizarre when you think about it. You go to a networking event to network because you want a new job or you want a new opportunity. And then you get their card, you get their info, and then you don't follow up. Again, I'm guilty of the same thing, but it's very bizarre. But you have to follow up. And in the follow-up, the follow-up should not be, hey, it was me last night. I'm looking to have dinner because I really want to talk about, you know, uh, finding a new job, another opportunity. No, 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 no. It's too soon. It's too soon for that. You send a follow-up email or a call, however, I don't know what you're into. Some people like to have the direct, you know, conversation. They actually like to directly call and follow up. I'm an email person. If I could text, I would text. You send a follow-up email, hi, it's me, Rita Pierre. We met last night at the such and such, you know, fundraiser or networking event. Um, maybe you might want to talk about something that stood out just to make sure that they, you know, they remember you. Either way, I really enjoyed our conversation last night. I wanted to see if you would be available in meeting me for coffee or tea at some point within the next week or two. And see where that goes. Now, when you do go out for coffee and tea, you engage in more conversation. Again, you keep it light. You might have to do a couple of these coffee and tea meetups before you ever get to the point where you're like, so I'm looking for a new job or I'm looking for a new opportunity. You know what I mean? People, although, although you are in it for yourself, you people don't like to, on the receiving end don't like to feel like they're being used. So it's like a whole psychology behind it. You're using them, yes, but you can't make them feel like they are being used. You want them to feel like, you know, they are a person of importance because a lot of these individuals have some egos. You want to stroke their ego a little bit, make them feel like they're important, like you're reaching out to them. But on the other hand, though, sometimes these individuals might genuinely be cool people that they that you might end up forming um, friendships with. There's been many individuals that I've reached out to um, over the years from networking um, events that I'm actually cool with now. These coffee and tea meetups turned into dinner meetups that turned into comedy show meetups. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you're actually a cool person. And. You know, initially I went, I probably sought this person out because of it. You know, I wanted an opportunity or to get into their company or whatever the case is. But the friendship was so much more worth it that, you know, I didn't even, <laughs> it's like, oh, forget that initial idea of trying to get a job with you. I actually just want to be your friend. So you never know what pops out of these things because I'm sure, you know, which has happened in the past, that friend has other friends that you could essentially possibly work for. So opportunities at the end of the day are all over the place. And it's it's really it's really up to us to figure out how we're going to you know seize these opportunities and how we're going to do so in an effective manner because we really do not have time to be going to networking events every other day and we don't have time to 
even while we're at these networking events, we don't have three hours to work the entire room, speak to every single person that's in the room, collect business cards. And then the next day, what are we doing? Are we sending 30 emails out? Like it doesn't make any sense. You have to know before going into that networking event, what it is that you're looking to accomplish. Who are you trying to speak to? What is it that you want, right? And then for the instances that occur outside of the traditional networking setting, I think we just need to be more open to opportunity. We need to be open to having random ass conversations with strangers at a bar, at a, you know, at the laundromat even, you know, you never know who it is that you're speaking to. Sometimes looks can be very deceiving and you might size somebody up and say, "Mm, I don't really want to have a conversation. I don't have time. This guy looks like he's homeless, but he might actually be the CEO of a large corporation. We all know that we have seen some multimillionaires, billionaires walking the street with, you know, questionable clothing, looking like hobos. But these are the people who actually are powerful. And we, you know, we're judging them because of what they're wearing. And we're like, oh, we're not going to talk to this person. And meanwhile, this person can get you out of like your financial debt. But um, I say all that to say this. We need to be more open to to um, to opportunities. We're not open to opportunities because if we were open to opportunities, we would talk to the random person at Starbucks who looks like, you know, who's really trying to have a real conversation um, as they're waiting for their coffee. I can't tell you how many jewels I've picked up from just random conversations from people who just, I don't know, they just want to share. They want to give knowledge. They want to like impart they want to help. There are people who honestly just are walking around looking for people to help. And a lot of us are losing out on our blessings because we're like, well, we're not thinking about that as networking. And instead, we're just like, mm, you know, I don't have time for all of this. You, you know, you're not you don't understand that sometimes that conversation, it might not lead to a direct opportunity like, oh, job, but maybe we need to evaluate or reevaluate what opportunities actually are. Because for me, me being put on or being educated about something that I did not know before that can potentially help me get to another level, that's an opportunity. You know, so I don't see opportunities as just these tangible um, things. I see them as like, you know, I don't know, concepts like just I, I, I see opportunity as more than just, oh, lead me directly to a job. I see it as information as well. And so I think as I end, one thing that we should really, you know, I guess start thinking, maybe we should start rethinking networking and see it more as we need to stop networking, but maybe connecting we should be connecting more. We need to be connectors. Um, I feel like because networking is just this term that's just thrown out, it's it forces us to see engagement in a different way. And I think that if we start seeing it as opportunities to connect with other individuals in hopes of maybe one day that connection can lead to something greater, 
I think that if we start seeing it like that, we might be on a better path. And then I think if we start stop seeing opportunities as just like this end goal of job or placement and see it as information, see it as you know, things of that nature, we will probably be in a better position to obtain whatever this end goal is. So hopefully I made some sense. I know sometimes I tend to be (laughs) a little, I mean, topic is still there, but sometimes I might go a little, I, I might go on some tangents, but hopefully you guys were able to get something from today's episode. And as always, if you have any questions, um, Send me an email at Frida'sWorld at gmail.com. And if you are interested in being a guest on Frida's World, send me a message as well. You could actually, if you know email is not your thing, send me a um, DM on Instagram. You could either send it to Frida Women NYC or we actually have a separate platform now called Frida's World. Frida, F-R-E-E-D-A-S underscore world also at Instagram. And you could send me a message there. Next episode, because I know we're running out of time here, I'll talk a little bit about why we have these two platforms that separate Frida Women NYC and Frida's World, for those of you who might be wondering. But with all that being said, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I will talk to you guys next week. It's Frida's World. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you with future. That's clash it. It's Frida's World.